0: Hello, my name is Tony Litt. I'm the MD of Sunrise Radio, and it's my immense pleasure to bring you the official Sunrise Radio podcast. We are the number one commercial Asian station in the United Kingdom, with many firsts to our name, and we continue to be the voice of British Asians who have given us their love and loyalty over 30 years. It's a legacy we cherish and a responsibility that we don't take lightly. Our aim has always been to entertain the listeners with the best of Bollywood and Bangor while also addressing their concerns. A real voice for the community, a vibrant community and a great nation. We are proud to be British and Asian. This podcast is a compilation of some of the things we do on the station with a stellar lineup of presenters who each have their own personality and style. It's entertaining, informative, engaging and we hope you will enjoy it here as a podcast if you are unable to tune in to the radio don't forget to subscribe and tell your family and friends about this podcast and do leave us a comment on what you think we'd love to hear from you all the best always team sunrise
1: and we start our podcast this week by paying tribute to captain satan moore joining me right now the md of sunrise radio tony lit mbe Tony, now I know that our station, our service uh, has meant so many things to so many people, especially in these difficult times when the country has been in and out of lockdown, battling a pandemic. But there's something else that caught your eye, something else that you feel strongly about and you wanted to talk about.
0: Yes, Shabnam, I think, you know, there's been a lot of pivotal moments uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, many lows and very few highs. You know, the upsides have been when we've seen the suppression of the virus, uh, we've seen light at the end of the tunnel, uh, the wonderful scientists, the NHS, the good side of the human spirit. And then there's been... You know, phenomenal individuals, you know, um, like uh, Captain Sir Tom Moore, who we sadly lost in the last 24 hours yes. uh, to COVID at the age of 100, who epitomizes the British spirit, decency, everything which is great about this country, but not just about this country, about humanity. And um, he's somebody who's touched for many, many reasons people's hearts, you know. And I remember during the pandemic and we got a, uh, a speech from the Queen which meant so much to people across the nation and across the Commonwealth across the globe yes because she's such a highly respected figure because she felt the pain and you know and she said one day we shall meet again then came along Captain Sir Tom Moore a army officer veteran yes fought for this country fought for the world in World War Two and he says you know what uh, we will get through this it's those simple words from a person of such substance and uh, like many uh, alongside him and before him who've fought for our, the rights of civilization and democracy across the globe, yes, uh, which people have taken to their hearts. And that's why he raised the amount of money that he did. At the same time where there's a, a tinge of real sadness, you can probably hear it in my voice and and it is the case for many people, I think there's also what we must do is celebrate this man because he's a wonderful man and there's lots of conversations which are going on out out there as in how should we remember captain sir tom moore i mean in all of our hearts he'll be remembered in a very special way without question but you know i i think this should, should be something very special that this man did and he gave us that glimmer of hope um in very very dark times that we've all faced in our lifetimes
1: Absolutely, and I think you summed it up for me because um, uh, inspirational, phenomenal, many, many such words being used when tributes are pouring in. And I think another thing that really resonated with people was the fact that this wasn't a planned fundraiser. It started very organically. All he wanted to do was raise a thousand pounds for the NHS by walking from one end of his garden to the other, and he was 99 then. And it gives me so much pride to tell you this that we talk about Bollywood, we play Bollywood songs, but people took a moment to put that aside and request a song for this wonderful man.
0: Uh, And I totally agree. But on the same side, Shabnam, you know, um, we've all been exposed to his personality over the last uh, year, uh, you know, several months up to a year. And he had a great sense of humour and a sense of fun and a a, a naughty twinkle in his eye. And he's more than entitled to have that twinkle after living 100 magnificent years. And I just think that in our new initiative of the weekly podcast, we couldn't go without mentioning him because he's one special individual He deserves as much praise As he's got
1: Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast I'm on your radio Weekdays from 9am to 12 noon If you've heard the show You know what to expect from it But here are some exciting Interesting Bollywood stories That you may have missed This time round Served up as part of our Official Sunrise Radio podcast Enjoy 2016 I've got a great story on the lady who starred in this film. Shabana Azmi's niece, Sayami Khair Now, she made her Bollywood debut opposite Anil Kapoor's son, Harshvardhan Kapoor, in this very film, Mirzia. Remember? Now, the film didn't quite work and both kids trailed off into oblivion only to be seen in smaller roles here and there i know harshvardhan kapoor did bhavesh yoshi i know sayami Kher did a digital drama we'd got a lot of traction well sayami Kher may have finally found her true calling and you know what it is not just films and acting but writing as well. That's right. And Sayemi, like most of India, I suppose, she is mad about cricket. So she is going to combine these two passions and write a book on Team India's recent, historic, jaw-droppingly dramatic win at the Gabba in Australia when they lifted the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Sayami, it won't just be a book of stats, but a tribute to the resilience of this young team that no one believed could pull off the victory they eventually did. Now, if you look at it, there were so many many wonderful stories that came out as soon as uh, this uh, historic event happened, you know. This was a ragtag team of newbies, many with stories so heartbreakingly dramatic, you would weep if you heard it. You know, for instance, Nataraj, he's the son of a loom worker in a remote village in India. Siraj, the son of a rickshaw driver, stricken with poverty and not just that, Siraj also lost his dad right at the start of the tour. All these people emerging from circumstances of abject poverty, cricket gave them hope. Cricket showed them a new path as they rose through the ranks and they made it to not even the national team, the B team. That's what they were in Australia, right? And these kids, these underdogs bringing glory to the country in a way that no one imagined was possible. I tell you what, this debut novel has every chance of becoming a bestseller, right? Priyanka Chopra Jonas expands her brand equity in the hair care market by launching her own affordable, vegan, eco-friendly range of hair care products. Now, you can be sure that even if you have a passing interest in Bollywood, you know about this. Why? Because of the sheer star power that Priyanka wields on a global stage, right? Her upcoming memoir, Unfinished, this became the biggest pre-order on Amazon when it was announced last year. And there are exciting new things on the work front as well. But when, if ever, Priyanka intends to do a masala Bollywood film again. That remains a million dollar question. I ki Priyanka has done so much since she did her last film. I'm not talking about The Sky is Pink. I'm talking about Jay Gangajal before that. So much water has flown under the bridge that she may have reached a point of no return and she may be extremely choosy right now. You have to really convince her with a good story. She might turn around and say what? Sorry, what do you want me to do? You want me to wear a lovely sari and say... Now, if we are going to get a little bit of a good deal, then we will get a little bit of a good deal. But now, we I think I'll pass. There's a fantastic story a throwback interview on the relationship between Amitabh Bachchan and Shatrughan Sinha. Now you know diplomacy has never been Shatrughan Sinha's strong point, right? And despite a fairly successful career in Bollywood, his reign didn't last too long. Not because Shatrughan Sinha lost his command over acting or anything, but primarily because his career happened to overlap with a sharp, sudden, meteoric rise of another young actor who, with his deep baritone, his commanding presence, his screen embodiment of India's disenfranchised youth of the 70s and the 80s, the angry young man, that actor, a certain Mr. Bachchan, he put not just Shatrugan Sinha, but I think virtually every other actor's career in the shade. This must have hurt tremendously, right? Though Shatrugan Sinha refuses to comment on it, saying, let bygones be bygones. Despite the fact that Shatrugan Sinha was replaced virtually overnight by Amitabh Bachchan in films like Divar, Shole. And this one, Satyabe Did you know that? Three iconic films in Amitabh Bachchan's filmography. Like in Shatrugan, that these things happen in Bollywood. What is fated is fated. All you can do is accept the situation with grace and look ahead. Because if you are constantly looking over your shoulder, constantly worried about, paranoid about the competition, there's no way you can do your job sincerely. Solan is such. Ahubali director SS Rajmouli hit the ball out of the park and emerged as the perfect combination of creativity and commercial credibility. Bollywood now keeps a hawk eye on everything Rajmouli does. Have you noticed? Because it is in their common interest to blur the north-south divide and reap the rewards of a popular film that all fans of Indian cinema would enjoy, setting aside their regional differences. And that is mainly why Rajmouli's next biggie RRR, clashing with Boni Kapoor's Mehta. Khan has become a huge story. It has become a bone of contention between North and South India. It's also worth noticing that three other box office clashes are slated for 2021. There's Salman Khan versus John Abraham, Radhe or Most Wanted Bhai versus Satyamev Jete II, this Eid. Then there's KGF Chapter 2 going head to head with Tiger Shroff's Hero Pantitu. And there's Shahid Kapoor's Jersey versus Akshay Kumar's Raksha Bandhan, Diwali fireworks of the Bollywood variety. Why would Akshay want to release a film called Raksha Bandhan on Diwali? I don't know. Anyway, so these big budget, big name box office skirmishes, are they essential to guarantee the survival of the fittest or are they detrimental to the film industry's return journey from a crippling pandemic? The jury is still out. Now, Amir Khan fans, and I consider myself the uncrowned queen of that fan club, by the way. We have some news. Sunapne. apne. Sune ki after finishing work on his adaptation of Tom Hanks's Forest Gump, Lal Singh Chadda, which is due out this Christmas, fingers crossed, and a star cameo with Ali Evram in his friend uh, Amin Haji's uh, film. For a moment, I forgot his name there, his friend's name there, Amin Haji's film. And of course, playing T Series founder Gulshan Kumar in his biopic titled Gold. Now, this has been a topic of discussion and speculation for more than years, for two, three years now, right? Now, it's being passed around like a football among several A-listers, but I think Ahmed is going to play Gulshan Kumar Lekin. In baad, there's a loud buzz in Bollywood that says Shubh Mangal Savdhan director R.S. Prasanna, he has approached Ahmed Khan for a sports biopic biopic. But just the kind of film Amir Khan loves, a blend of grit, determination, but dripping with emotion. A bit like Dangal. Amir Khan is said to be greatly impressed with RS Prasanna's story and if all goes well, he would produce it and he would act in it as well, hoping to charm his fans with yet another masterpiece. Yes, please. Did you read about this? She's loud, she's outspoken and on the big screen, she's pure magic. I'm talking about Kajol. Now, Kajol has enjoyed a certain reputation in Bollywood so far, right? And her recent film on Netflix for director Renuka Shahani, Tribhanga, this explores the fragile yet tempestuous relationship between women in the same family, but across the generation divide. And Kajol's incessant swearing in Tribhanga, this has upset many of her fans. And addressing the matter, Kajol said, look, that is life. It's just a way of expressing your frustration. Sometimes we all do it. And then she says, I have Murdered people on screen before, and no one took offense to that. Why attack me now for swearing? Because in both cases, I'm only playing a character that is not the real me but then she turns full circle and she says you know what actually I understand where people are coming from because our fans love us unconditionally their love for us is so intense so pure that in a weird way they put us on a pedestal so yes I can understand what people are saying and then she says to other actors and actresses like herself she says that look if we like to hear all the praise all the hi Kajol I love you so much you're the best And we should also be willing to accept their opinions, their uh, feedback and their criticism. They have the right to judge you because we are in the public eye and what we do on screen, they have every right to pronounce a verdict on that. Well said. Director Mohit Suri is the kind of director who is happy to embrace the dark side of storytelling. Very happy to lead us down crime-infested streets and morally ambiguous grey zones that your traditional commercial masala movies will never do. It's almost as if Mohit Suri has taken a vow that I will make a film, you scared or Anyway, now, Mohit Suri has been busy putting Arjun Kapoor, John Abraham, Disha Patni and Tara Sutaria through their paces for the much-hyped, eagerly-awaited sequel to Ek Villain. It's going to be Ek Villain 2. Now, this is a story that's taken its time to emerge from Mohit Suri's vivid imagination over multiple drafts and redrafts. In an interview, he says that the script as it stands now is what Ekta Kapoor would call a banger. He says it was, if you think about it, the original Ek Villain, this was Ekta's biggest hit at the time. It did a hundred crores business at the box office. So we took our time to write the script. I wrote one draft, I wasn't happy. I wrote another draft, I wasn't happy. Then I worked on it, some more. Finally, now the script of Ek Villain 2 is at a place where Ekta took one look and said, oh my God, this is insane. I have to make it.
0: You can catch Shabran Sahih, the ultimate storyteller, weekdays, 9am to 12 noon.
2: So here we are on episode number two of the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I hope you enjoyed the first one. Now... Let's talk about Fabulous Lives of Bollywood Wives, the Indian reality TV series, a show that focused on the personal and the professional lives of Neelam Kothari, Mahip Kapoor, Bhavna Pandey and Seema Khan, wives of Bollywood actors Samir Soni, Sanjay Kapoor, Chunky Pandey and Sahel Khan respectively. Now this series, it debuted on November 27th on Netflix and I think this show sparked a lot of conversation. Now the idea of creating this reality series, it was quite similar on the lines of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Now, uh, it has been produced by Garan Johar. If you haven't seen the show, you will see a few glimpses of him in it as well. Uh, Now, I caught up with The Fabulous Wives just a little while after the show received so much feedback and here we are in conversation okay so guys neelam seema mahi Bhavna, welcome to sunrise i think the show has really really kicked off absolutely fabulously here in the uk everyone has loved it here so much so well done and congratulations thank you, thank you. Thank you. how are you guys feeling about it all i'm going to throw this question to all of you how's it been now that you've soaked soaked in all the feedback so far
3: just loving it. Yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> well, we didn't expect this. It's just been really, really amazing. It's really, really nice. Yeah.
2: Good. Yeah. I'm so glad. And um, Mahib, I mean, like, for, for you, uh, I think you, in the show, I think you kicked it off really nicely being in Paris, La the with Shania. Um, I think that was a really nice, nice start uh, to the show um so tell me how how has your entire family taken it
4: uh for you um you know initially i think forget about the family i needed to come on board mentally exposing my life exposing your home your children you know being put up for judgment so Mm -hmm. that i had to come to uh, terms with myself you know first then of course the first thing was my children and my husband if they weren't going to be on board about this and they weren't going to be comfortable with this. There was no ways I was going to do it. But Shania and Jahan were amazing. Shania said, you have to do this. I mean, it's, uh, life is short. You have to live the adventure. You're doing it with your best friends. How difficult can it be? And yeah. you know, you will have stories to tell. And Jahan was just like, listen, mom, you don't say no to Netflix and dramatics. And Sanjay basically wanted to tell me the tough side to it. Mm. You know, hypothetically, if the show didn't do well, are we, they going to make fun of us? You know, I needed to grow a little bit of thick skin. So I think he was just trying to safeguard me. But yeah. he said, listen, you're in good hands with Netflix and their magic. So once they were on board and they've taken it well and they were excited about the whole thing, it was all fine. It, it all fell bad. into place. Yeah. you know that there is something about being a Bollywood wife that's often misunderstood, maybe? many, many things that are misunderstood. Uh, A, that we are lazy uh, women who just do nothing and we live off our husband's name and all. And that is so contrary to every wife out there, whether it is uh, all of us who are working and been working for years, Gauri, Twinkle. I mean, you name the wives out there. They are married to these superstars, Gauri and Twinkle I'm talking about. Uh, They're not overshadowed by these men. They hold their own, they're working women, and I have tremendous, tremendous respect for them. So yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: I think we all, the thing is with this show, because it came with the whole glamour thing, I think everyone was like, oh, this is gonna be like so much fun, um, and it's gonna just be like a little breeze in the park. But I think what people, didn't understand that you guys are actually working it's not just about you know being the Bollywood wife or having just like really nice clothes to wear and like jewelry and going out to parties I think what we saw at the end of it it was actually you know what these guys do work and they are very normal and they're equally protective about their family they're equally stressed about things that you know like a normal person would be stressed out about as well and I think that was one of the beauties of the show as well which was really really nice Seema, coming over to you, uh, you were very, very open with how you and Sahel stand, and I think a lot of people didn't know that, and um, a lot of women may have connected with you on that as well. How do you feel about that reaction that you got?
5: Look, so when I knew this question was going to be thrown at me, and I had there were only two ways I could take it: either I'd pretend, and or I'd tell the absolute truth. Mm. So. I live by that. I mean, you know, you can't. You can only pretend for so long. But it's not something that comes easily to me. In fact, I think I have the opposite problem. I share too much. I mm-hmm. sometimes I need to hold back because just that's the way I am. But I kind of I said it like it was. It's the honest truth. That is, well, it is what it is. And I think I'm quite surprised with the feedback because I think a lot of women don't know how to say it. They probably, I don't know if they live it. I I can speak for myself, but they don't know how to say it. Mm -hmm. So on that level, they connected with me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty overwhelmed with the whole response and the whole, you know, to me, like, oh, you're so honest and, and, you know, you spoke the truth, but I don't know it any other way. So Mm -hmm. for me, that was like a revelation also for so many women to reach out, you know, and it was really heartwarming. For sure. And
2: I think, like you just said, honesty, I think that's what the entire show was based on, really, sure. like, yes. years of, like the bad days, the good days. It was all there. We saw it all. And that's exactly what happens normally, like in, in real life. That's exactly what happens. So I think that was really nice uh, for you to bring that out in the show. And I think maybe a lot of other women will now also, instead of hiding something like that, they will also speak about it as well. So. Um, I think that was really nice. Now Bhavna, coming over to
6: you, what would you say is the best bit of advice that your kids gave you and as a mother that you really took on board? So I think, you know, to start with, I would uh, say I was in a similar position like Maheep in the beginning. I was I was a little apprehensive. I wasn't sure if I want to put myself out there. But uh, both my girls and Anya and Raisa and my husband Chunky and my parents were like completely encouraging. They were like, you must do it. And... Uh, and, you know, even I, we had a lot of discussions, the four of us amongst each other, and uh, I realized this was the best way to do it. I was going to be working with my friends. I was going to be having a blast. So I took the plunge and plus, of course, there's dramatics and Netflix involved, and they were extremely sensitive, you know, mm-hmm. to the very fact that where we come from, who we are married to, us being moms, you know, things like that. And um, I think we all put our best foot forward. As far as my kids are concerned, I mean, today I'm happy about one thing because they they don't have to say, oh my God, is that my mom? No, they have to say like, wow, that's my mom. So, you know, that, that really makes me happy. And I think they've all taken it very well. My parents, my kids, my husband, my friends, everyone. So it's been a fabulous experience and I'm just so happy I did it. I'm so glad. And Neela, moving on to you, and I'm
2: sure you've had this question many a times, the entire fillers, Botox thing that, that you did, and I think that was very courageous of you to do. Only Courageous in a sense only because, like, I don't know why it's frowned upon or people don't talk about it. So I think for you to come out and actually show that in the episode and in a way that you did it in a very graceful manner,
3: was that a conscious decision for you? Well, thank you. It was courageous. Um, and yes, you know, women don't like to disclose these things and they don't want to come out in the open and tell people that, yes, I do do Botox, I do get fillers done. And my whole thing, and it's and it's, and I mean, I stick to this, why not? I just feel that, um, you know, to put the message out there that there's nothing wrong with it, even if you are doing it. And I just felt that I know how much pressure I put on myself before facing the camera. Mm. I mean, I drove everyone bananas, my makeup artist, the cameraman. (laughs) I actually bribed the cameraman a little bit. (laughs) I said, you gotta make me look good. And only I know be, I mean, when a woman ages and it's also Mm. at 50, it's it's very difficult, premenopausal and whatever. But yeah. um, yeah, so it crossed my mind and I've been wanting to do it since about two, three years, but I've never had the courage and I've never had the guts So finally I did decide and I, and I told the creative team, I said, look, I'm going ahead and doing this. Do you guys want to film it? And they just jumped on it. They said, we're not going to, we're not going (laughs) to lose this opportunity. They grabbed it. Yeah. I I mean, I have had people coming up to me and saying that like, even my close friends, why did you have to do it? You know, Mm -hmm. why tell people that you're doing this? Mm -hmm. I just feel that, you know, it's, it's not like I'm doing a facelift, it's just Botox and it's just fillers. It's it's not really a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. So I just feel there's nothing wrong with it. And why not?
2: And I think Wagner, you're like the opposite end of the spectrum. You're all, all about the earth energy. I mean, it, does that work? Does it
6: actually work? Have you seen a difference? Yes, I've seen a difference. These girls may laugh, but I've definitely seen a difference. My pigmentation has become better, yeah. much better. Yeah. And I've honestly not really used anything else. You know, it's also, I think what shows on your face is what you feel inside. It's Mm -hmm. a lot to do with that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think whatever makes you feel happy, makes you feel good, makes you feel confident, it always radiate on your face somewhere.
1: So So, I believe
6: in that. And even mm -hmm. you know, like Neelam said, I had a lot of, see, there are a lot of people who laughed at it. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people who also said that, you know what, we understand that, we connect with that. And the thing is, I am a very, very paranoid person and my friends know they call me a hypochondriac. So for me to do something invasive is like really, really scary. And I mean, it take me a lot to do something like that. Hats off to Neelam. She did it and she's looking great, you know, but for me, I have to find something alternate for myself because I cannot do something invasive. So this is something I tried and, and I enjoyed it and I feel great. I think that's the most important. You could be looking your best and if you're not feeling good, it's of no use. You know, so you have to feel good and that is the most important thing. Yes, absolutely.
2: Now Seema over to you. This show it's come at a time where of course the pandemic is hitting us, the digital world is just absolutely crazy, it's on another level. Do you feel that this show has changed the way like society perceives women in general?
5: I don't know about women in general of course but women from Bollywood for sure. Why so Bollywood? The misconception that we don't have the same regular, normal, mundane lives that other women have, that's not true. We do. I mean, we've showed it. We have our highs. We have our lows. We feel the pain as well. I mean, even though we... we are, you know, it's not all glamour. We also have our highs and lows. We also do the same regular stuff the other women do. We go to the market. We multitask. We look after the kids. We look after the home. And for being a woman, I mean, every woman knows out there that multitasking is something that women do really well. So... Mm-hmm. From that perspective, I think, you know, uh, the judgment and and the way that that the people perceive Bollywood wives or the wives from the industry, I think that has changed. Mm. And uh, I think that's the best part of the show because the entire show, it's all us. It's real. Nothing is scripted. Nothing is, uh, uh, you know, there's no pretense because you can only pretend for that long. So in that way, I think definitely, you know, even the women out there, they forget that, you know what? life kind of gets in the way and you get consumed by your everyday you know mundane stuff you don't take time out for yourself so a lot of women have reached out and said you know what i bonded with my girlfriends i i I wasn't doing it i put it on a back burner and i feel like now i need to connect with my friends and we need to take this time out so i think in that sense it really connected with the women. Elam coming over
2: to you you know we're so excited to see you back on the screen and you know your future projects you spoke about possibly doing something uh, have you zeroed in and homed in on anything as of yet that we can look forward to
3: no i haven't been approached as yet like i discussed on the show i've been offered uh roles which are really not cut out for me mm-hmm. so um Now, here's the thing. Even if I do get something, that's why this discussion that I've had with so many people. And um, even if I do get something, of course, if the role is right. And secondly, I think I've just got to be in the right space. Do I really want to get into it, not get into it? It's a big question mark. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely if something great comes my way, I might just consider it. But you see, it comes with a whole lot of other things. You know, it's a a huge responsibility. Once you sign up for something, you've got to give it that time. And my daughter's so young. It's just very time consuming. So let's see.
4: Oh, we'd
2: love to see you back. Can't wait for it. Um, now, Thank you. I mean, think
3: just a, just a general comment. I
2: know, of course, the show is about you four, but I don't know if anybody has said this, but I think the husbands equally, <laughs> all of them have played a really, really strong part. And I think they all have come across so supportive so so supportive so i think um a big congratulations to all the husbands as well uh, who have been really really good although they weren't so prominent in the show as you guys but they were really really lovely um now my final question and, and again i know you've probably been asked this but is there going to be a season two of this
6: in this crossed. <laughs> <grass. laughs> well, I hope
2: so. I really, really hope so. But see, thank you so, so much uh, mm. for taking the time out. Uh, this is a long time pending. Seema would not have been like yeah. messaging her. Like, Can we please do this? But it's really good. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> you guys were wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I just want to say, keep it real. Uh, so thank, thank you so
3: much. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, thank you, you take care, Bye. You. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. listen to our Bollywood queen Anushka Aurora from 12 noon to 4pm weekdays on Sunrise
7: So welcome along to the brand new part of this podcast. It is called Paul Shah Talks Bequas and today I'm going to be talking with Herbie Sahara. Well, I'm going to be talking bequas with Herbie Sahara, and remember, this is an exclusive bit of content just to the podcast. You're not going to hear this on the radio. So without further ado, let's welcome along my guest today, Mr. Herbie Sahara. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. How are you all doing? Listen, don't worry about them. It's just you and me right now. <laughs>
8: All right. Right. Very selfish of you, Paul. It is very so. Well, you know me for a long time. You know what I'm like, right? So yeah, that's right. I mean, when you said Paul Shaw talks class, well, hey ho. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. So
7: the idea of this podcast is this, right? So this is the idea of the interview. You get five chances to say pass on a question that I'm going to give to you today. Okay. You got five chances to say pass. After you say pass five times right? you have to answer all the questions I'm going to give to you today okay let's go let's do this okay first of all your full name please
8: sir Harvinder Singh Caspier love it um age age 42 42 yeah
7: okay fair enough uh
8: okay so and where were you born why why did you say did that surprise you no because you looked older that's why oh charming thanks <laughs> love you too <laughs> Where were you born? Bradford.
7: Bradford. Okay, fair enough. In
8: right. The United Kingdom. Is it part of the United Kingdom, right?
7: Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So look, I'll be honest with you. We, we, we're looking around online. There's there's a lot of information about you. First of all, where where is your brother today?
8: Right. So basically, tell the truth. We are on tour at the moment. Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. So we are on tour at the moment. I'm in Pakistan. And he basically went out, I think he's gone, and he's come back, and now he's sat in the executive lounge having his cup of tea. Where was he? Oh, well, we don't, he doesn't kind of share that kind of information with me. So are you passing but on that one? I'm not passing, that. I just say it's neat. He, he doesn't share that information,
7: so how can that be a pass? You can tell me, it's just you and me. Was he on, was he on a booty call? <laughs> he,
8: I don't think he was, but he, he probably thinks he was, if you know what I mean. Fair
7: enough, okay. So tell us how, So, and, and does anyone ever tell you that your brother looks like Snoop Dogg?
8: He gets it all the time, right? He gets it all, in fact, you know what, we're going to post something on social media with his hair down and he, when he's got his dreads, and then have a look then.
7: Fair enough, okay. So tell me, how did Sahara get all started then?
8: So basically, we have been going a very long time, Paul. Uh, we started with our first album in In Temptation in 1993, which were released on Roma Records, and then we've never looked back. Okay, I was still doing it to now, even 2021, we're still at it.
7: Okay, fair enough. And if you, if you weren't in the music
8: business, what would you be doing? Window cleaner. Why a window cleaner? I just know. I just get satisfaction out of cleaning people's windows. Oh, God.
7: It's going to be one of those days, isn't it? Yes, okay.
8: So, look. It is. So, look. No, it, if I if I, if I I was, I don't know. I'd probably be something. Uh, definitely be with music. I don't know. I'd probably be pl- engineer or something. Uh, but any, I, I, I really don't know don't, what I'd be.
7: Don't speak Punjabi with me. You know I don't understand Punjabi. If you're going to speak, speak English or Gujarati. Okay. Which one? Okay, well, English. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person in this world has got a song that they secretly listen to, okay? So that this is a this is a song that they are um basically driving along to. They don't really want anyone to know that they're listening to it because it is a bit cheesy and it's a little bit flamboyant. Which is that song for you? Oh,
8: um, you know what? It's not flamboyant, but my uh, is that? Uh, oh no no! Sorry, I forgot.
7: I forgot to tell you. Not not Hindi. Not but not Bhangra. It's got to be an English song.
8: Oh right. Okay, then it's got to be uh, uh, Michael Jackson's um, uh, "The Way You Make Me Feel." Really? Yeah.
7: Okay. Very. Love it. Uh, favorite food, Mister Zara?
8: Actually, you know, Bohemian Raps. Uh, Queen's Bohemian Raptors. There you one. go, man. Bohemian ra- Yes, you and me both. Yeah, uh, it does. It's very. It's a very sl- sad song as well. I just love the way uh, Freddie uh, sings that whole song. It's such fantastic.
7: Have you seen the film?
8: I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sad, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's very sad, yeah. Very sad. Such an <laughs> great artist. Favourite food? Favourite food at the moment is going to be chilli... Uh, chili, <laughs> chili fried fish. Chili fried fish, and can you cook? Yeah. I can. Uh, is is tea cooking? If you make a tea, is that tea's cooking. Yeah, tea's cooking. Yeah, tea's, yeah, cooking, I yeah. I can teas cook, cooking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, and I can definitely boil a cup of tea.
7: That's fair enough. How many children do you have?
8: I have three children. You had to think
7: about that for a <laughs> second, didn't you?
8: <laughs> no, no, I have uh, no that moment. <laughs> I have five children. You have five children? Yeah. Are they all...
7: Oh, I have seven. Seven? I have... (laughs) How do you have seven now? So you went from three to five to seven. How does that work, Hobie?
8: Right. No, I have five. I'm joking. you got five. Okay. Are you married? Yes, I'm very happily married to my lovely wife, Mina.
7: Okay, fair enough. Um, And your favourite collaboration of all time?
8: Favorite collaboration of all time?
7: Yes. What,
8: like my collaboration, or
7: yeah, with you, yeah, you, that you someone you collaborated with.
8: <clears throat> so, I would say that uh, my favorite cl- Well, it was part with uh, Manch, really. We because we, I gave him the track when we did the song Sony in and Sony, and it, it it was kind of a life changer, really. Okay. The track because uh, it became such a big track, and yeah, so I'd say that's my favorite because that's. First time I collaborated with another artist, so yeah. Okay. Um, who would you want to work with? Oh, who would I want to work with? I would definitely want to work with uh, the guy, you know, the um, the guy who did the music for uh, Bombay. A.R. Rahman? Yeah. Yeah. You, you forgot A.R. Rahman's name? No, <laughs> it's just been a long day. I've had, a long, I've had no sleep. <laughs>
7: Fair enough. Okay, cool.
8: I've had no sleep. And so, yeah. <laughs> who is the
7: one... Eh, I, I would... Eh, I'm on. Who is the one person because of the reputation that you'd never want to work with?
8: Who, was your reput- who would I never want to work with?
7: Yeah, because of the reputation in the music industry.
8: Oh, um... I don't know. That's a, can I pass on that? Because I really don't know. What, what? You're passing on that one? Yeah, I've got four
7: left, don't I? You got four left, yeah. Okay, so that's one of your passes. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. When was the last time you were in a punch up, and what happened?
8: Uh, the last time I was in a punch up, I was uh, <laughs> seven year old, and I got beat. <laughs> you got what? I got beat. Okay. Well, why was there a punch-up when you were seven? Can, what happened? Can we move on, we move on from this because it's uh, no. quite messy. No, no, no. I need to know <laughs>
7: now. Was You got hit by a girl, didn't you? Yeah, no, he looked like a girl.
8: <laughs> <laughs> what, happened? A girl. what happened? What happened? What? Actually, well, what it was, I've, I've always been this kind of, uh, you know, you get one of them cool lads who, You know, part of the whole gang, and you know what I mean. I was just picking on somebody. Was I seven? No, I was ten, I think. I was ten, yeah. You know, I was going around acting all hard on the poor guy, and yo, 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 you know, giving all the large anyway. So he hit me back, and we had a fight, and I lost, you know, like you do.
7: Okay, fair enough. just
8: me on my own, or does everybody do that? Yeah.
7: Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to ask this question because my managing director said to me that it's still, that obviously the interview is still associated with, associated with the brand, so I've got to keep it clean. Um, I'm going to ask it and if I need to cut it out, I'll cut it out later on. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Has a member of the same sex ever made a pass at you? <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, they
8: have. Tell us about that. Well, you see, the thing is, we have lots of fans all over the world, right? So India, Pakistan and all that, right? Yeah. So we have definitely have, you know, people on our social medias, and it's so easy to get through to artists now as well, right? So there's definitely, uh, 100%, we get all kinds of messages.
7: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, well done. You only passed on one of them. It wasn't so bad. Uh, Final question. How would you like to be remembered in 100 years' time?
8: Uh, Herbie Sahara, not the car, the singer.
7: <laughs> maybe maybe when you die, they could put a little 51 on your coffin?
8: No, you don't know that Herbie Gold bananas car, right?
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
8: not the car, the singer. Herbie the singer.
7: But, but we could put a 51 on your coffin, though, when you die.
8: Well, you could, yeah. Yeah, we certainly could. <laughs> Let's just... Let's just hope I live a bit longer than that, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Herbie, thank you so
7: much. I know you're you're touring Pakistan right now. Um and oh final thing, just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um we yep. I think I follow you on, on Instagram, I'm not sure if you follow me or not, but when I see Sahara doing a spread in FHM Pakistan, that to me means that I'm looking at half naked women. It doesn't mean that I wanna look at Sahara. I just thought I'd put that out to you.
8: Well, I will definitely tell the editor what you thought of that and uh, yeah, I'll get you feedback <laughs> But you hear what I'm saying though, right? Men by FA I, I what? do understand, I do understand, but what well, you've got to realise the that the key word was FHM underneath Pakistan. Right? <laughs> so, they're not, allowed, they're not allowed to have half-naked pictures of women, so they have us instead.
7: It's, it's just, it's to, not, it's not Brit- much of a, it's not to, much of a compromise at
8: all, is it really? Compare, how can you compare to like, two British Punjabi singers to naked women. What is wrong with you, Paul? Well, no, look, I'm just saying to you, dude, if
7: you're going to put you up against Kelly Brook, I'm going to want to look at Kelly Brook. I know with friends and everything, but I want to look at Kelly Brook.
8: Well, we, we, we need to have deep conversations, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs>
7: <laughs> as long as you don't make a pass on <laughs> me, I'm all right. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out today. You did really well. You just passed on one question. I've got to try harder next time, I reckon. Uh,
8: but anyway, anything you want to plug before I let you go? Do I get some kind of award or like, uh, you know, gift hamper or something?
7: No, we play your music. That's all you need, mate.
8: All right. Okay, then. We're
7: Good playing the again. Good News track quite a lot now, to be fair. Oh, yeah? Yeah,
8: Absolutely. still. Thanks, guys. Thanks for always supporting and everything.
7: No worries. We're not to you guys, mate. All right. And make sure that your brother's safe when he gets back from his booty call, okay? Well, allegedly, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love to the family and to your brother as well, but stay safe while you're out there in Pakistan and, and safe travels as well. Thanks for coming on and talking Bakwas with me. If you like a
0: dry sense of humour, listen to Paul Shah on Drive, weekdays between 4pm and 7pm.
9: The time now brought to you by Sunrise Radio's YouTube channel is 16 minutes past nine here in London on the 31st of January, wherever you are in the world. I am being joined online by music producer, singer, songwriter and now co-founder and director of... Uh, Her very own music label alongside Rishi Rich. Break the Noise Records. I'm joined online, on air and on Insta Live by Kieran E. Good morning. Well, I say good afternoon to you probably out there. Yeah, Good afternoon here now. Ten to three in the afternoon. Ten to three. Wow. Already half your day gone already. And we're just getting our started here in (laughs) London. Listen, thank you very much for joining us. I wanted to get you on, right? Because last time you came into the studio, we talked about you as a kind of a music person, as it were, like a solo artist. But things have gone from strength to strength of your career. But let's just start like way back when, how does a young British South Asian lady like you who trains to be a paralegal lawyer in London become a mogul and create her own empire in Mumbai in the music industry?
10: um luck i think the world's best luck ever and being in the right place at the right time i think i'm working hard also i've no,
9: worked hard of course they say like luck comes to everyone but it's what you do with it after it's arrived right yeah.
10: So, yeah exactly
9: yeah so listen so and then then of course your music career from switching from being a lawyer to kind of taking music on full time then moving to mumbai and then being part of creating a music label let's talk about break the noise records for a little while because in this day and age a music label isn't really the done thing nowadays right because most people release their music independently so how's that working
10: yeah I mean I think with us when we set up Break the Noise you know Break the Noise is run by three people myself Rishi and a third partner called Richard with us we were just a bit Um, Kind of fed up of not being able to put the music out that we wanted and that kind of thing. So we just thought, what is the most natural avenue to kind of take that? And it was to set up our own record label and kind of be in the driving seat uh,
9: with everything that we do. And we've been really enjoying the roller coaster ride so far. So it's been good fun. And what's interesting about Break the Noise is that it's kind of not a full committal label to an artist, right? It's not like, right, we're signing you down for three years, you can't do anything with anyone else. It is almost so. So far at least, like a one track deal for each track, right?
10: Yeah, exactly. And all the music that we've been kind of playing out so far has all been created in this room. Mm -hmm. You know, like Rishi and myself would create the track, like compose it. Then we'd get the artist on board, you know, get the artist to record the vocals. Some of the artists we haven't even met, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's been lockdown and COVID and everything else. It's been really, really creative. But yeah, like a one track thing, let's see how it goes. Um, But there are a couple of artists that we've already worked with that we are setting up new projects with. So that will be coming soon.
9: Now, in the space of somewhat of less than a year, really, the label's been alive, right? Um, You guys have released tracks back to back with new artists, known artists, created artists, you know, championed them. But also you worked with successful names as well over the last year or so. What does an artist have to do in order to get their song released by Break the Noise Records? What do you look for?
10: I think, first of all, email us contact, you know, send your demo. Um, one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on is that whether we take on your project or take on your song, we always respond back to you. You know, we remember the days when I used to send out demos or whatever, and no one would get back to me, you know. Um, so that's really important, that artist gets that feedback, that email response saying, look, we've heard your stuff and X, Y, Z. Um, but first, just contact us, give us some time to listen to your music, and, you know, we can always start a conversation.
9: Now, you mentioned one of the co-founders and directors of the- company is, of course, our very good mutual friend, Rishi Rich. How is he to work with on a daily basis? Because I've known him for, like, what, probably most of my life now, over 30 years. And I know what he's like socially, yeah. I know what he's like to work with on a one-off basis here and there, but uh, what is he like to work with on a day-to-day basis? Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna make this easy. Don't, don't sit like on the socially. fence, be honest. <laughs> what he's like
10: socially is exactly how he's like to work with day in, day out. Mental. (laughs) No day is the same. No day is the same. It's a different day every day. Uh, Each time we're in the studio, you know, it's always for me it's always very very inspiring he still teaches me so much i've learned so much so far um and i think that's probably why i am able to be a co-founder of a record label you know he's really kind of mentored and developed me as a as a music artist but also as a like a music business person as well mm. so it, it's all thanks to him but yeah he's crazy in and out of the studio you know
9: that and if there's one person who's been there and done that in the music industry and learned from being burned and from successes as well it's him yeah. so there's a lot to learn from let's Let's talk about your role in music because you come from a punjabi music background that was your thing that was where you stepped into the industry as yeah. uh, uh, why do you think i know we spoke about this last time you were in the studio that was quite a few years ago now why do you mm-hmm. think there are more people like you kieran in the roles that you play both musically but also someone leading and heading up as a strong female record label you know i think I
10: th- there's definitely a lot more female artists in the industry now mm-hmm. I, that's something that i have been kind of championing for a while There are loads of people whether they're seen or not seen that's a different situation but they're there um, and I don't I mean I don't know I I never really wanted or even had the vision of being part of a record label in the capacity that I'm in mm. you know that was kind of always Rishi's dream and it just so happened that when that opportunity came about it was the case of like if we're going to do this we're going to do this as a team Because, you know, it's very hard to run a record label as a solo person as well. So, you know, but she needed that team, that support. And that's when me and Richard came into play. So it just very naturally happened. I mean, I didn't set out to be, you know, part of a record label or doing what I'm doing. I was quite happy writing my one song a year and, you know, putting one track a year out. I was very happy with that. But life's obviously changed now and it's very different. It's very fast-paced. Um, but yeah I mean I, I wish there are more women to actually do what I'm trying to do
9: now I think it'd be great and staying on the same subject someone that you worked with not that long ago Janita Gandhi in fact mentioned that she was on the soundtrack I think for Sultan and her version of uh, Jaghumia didn't even get the time of day as it were on the soundtrack but actually once it got out there people gave it much more traction than it actually got on the soundtrack yeah. itself I mean do you think there's a lot of that happening not just here but particularly in India how are female artists being are they being treated equally, or do the male sort of dominant stars still reign? Mm.
10: I think that's a, that's a pretty sensitive kind of topic I don't know to be honest here especially whether they're being treated equally but I can say from an artist's perspective artists get chopped and changed off tracks like the night before a track is going to release mm. you know and I've had personal stories where a track's going to come out tomorrow they've got a call saying listen your voice isn't good enough we're putting someone else as more well known and, and, and it's, it's really harsh I can imagine that happened to Janita and she's got a fantastic voice mm. but there are a lot of tracks that I think it's just a couple of people sit in a room and they kind of listen to the album and they're like this isn't going to work this isn't going to work you know they make the decisions which is what we kind of wanted to take back that's why we're a record label run by artists kind of striving for artists and doing what we can to push artists forward so yeah, I mean, it's it's, just, it's a difficult situation all around, I think.
9: It's changing times, though. It's changing times, which is good. And people like you are flying that flag. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about you. What do you miss most being in Mumbai now? You've been there, what, three years, I think? Something like that?
10: Yeah, I miss my family and I miss my dog a lot. Um but, Yeah, I think it's just my family. Really, I don't really miss any particular place or you know going anywhere else or anything like that. It's just my family and my dog, who's also my family. But I miss them the most for sure.
9: And many, most people I speak to that are in your situation also mention Nando's as well for some reason because it's not you can't get it that easily. There used to be one in Mumbai. Closed I have it been down. craving
10: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. I've been craving it. I don't know. If, there's one in Delhi, but there's not one in Mumbai, and I'm I'm not quite sure. All right, there's we're gonna find otherwise. out. We're gonna find so, yeah, out what you're up to. Them
9: just a little while but before i do i want to play a little game with you because i'm not sure we got the chance to do it because i only do this on the breakfast show rather than the bangla show we are going to play a little bit of chai with jana 250 questions not going to ask you all of them you got to pick a number as quickly as possible and answer the question as quick as possible are you ready here we go pick a number uh 100 100 always the way why do people always start with 100 here we go what was your favorite cartoon show growing up uh, Rosie and Jim. Rosie and Jim. Next number. <laughs> that shows how young you are. I know. 54. 54. That's a good number. I like 54. Okay, here we go. What TV sitcom family would you want to be a member of? That's a great question. The Mitchells EastEnders, hands down. <laughs> that's not a sitcom, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, give us a number. Um, 99. 99. Okay, all the way back down again. If you could teleport, where would you go and why? i would go to
10: 70s 80s what? uh when ardie berman was kind of around wow i'd like to just sit with him
9: i wondered yeah. when his name would come up in this conversation give me another number 44. 40. i'm making you doing a lot of scrolling that's all right it's fine there's 250 to pick from it's great what is the most interesting thing you have in your wallet or purse I have these petals when I went to Manali uh,
10: like a like a or somebody was there went into a mandir and he gave me this, these a bunch of petals and said it would bring me good luck so they're in my purse and they're really dried up really old they're about 3 years old petals in my in my purse
9: and have they brought you good luck do you think it was a changing time from when you've had those petals in your wallet yeah, yeah. i think so i think it's the belief the belief as well yeah the petals petals will stay so the petals will stay them. give me another number 15 Well, okay, one five. Here we go. Fifteen. What is the one thing that annoys you the most, Kieran? Oh, liars! Liars. Fair enough. That's it. Then we'll leave it at that. Give me another number. Four. Four. Okay. Here we go. What is one of the things that you would put on your bucket list? Uh, I really, really want to go to New York. Oh, you haven't been to New York? That surprises me. I don't know why. Yeah. most people in the arts at some point have been to New York just to kind of get inspired by the surroundings or by the yeah. the, the, the brilliant art that is available yeah. there all right last one one more question uh, number two number two what color is your toothbrush? <laughs> Black. Are you sure? Because in India, most, most people use datan, it. So uh, the fact that you've got a toothbrush is, is inspiring. Uh, it's, Kieran, it's, it's black, yeah. It's always lovely to catch up with you. Let me know before you go, what is it that we can expect from you outside of the label and outside of you writing for other artists like Jay Sean's Nakare was a huge hit recently. You worked on Pal Dil Kipas. You worked on Pangra Soundtracks, Yashna Virka stuff. Those are all outside stuff that you do as a, uh, a label maker, a music maker. But what are you doing as an artist? When can we hear from you? Isn't that all enough?
10: (laughs) I don't think I have any more capacity. Um, But no, I have actually been working on something very, very special recently. um, And I will be coming with a solo track very, very soon. So I'm very excited about that. I haven't put a solo track out for a while. um, So that will be really interesting. So that will be coming super soon, actually, very soon.
9: And is that collaborating with anyone or is that just you, out and out? Just out and out, all me yeah heavy that's going to be wicked and of course once we're out of this pandemic what are your plans what's the first thing you want to do are you are going to fly back to London to see your family or are you are going to go to your yeah, favourite restaurant
10: <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going straight back to London uh, catching up with my family seeing my dog and eating all the pere I can find because I cannot find a decent pere here you can't find and, pere and, um, in Bombay <laughs> No, I can't, and I can't find a decent Mumbai either. You got, so got to find a yeah, Punjabi haloi straight back to London.
9: You got to find a Punjabi haloi to London. All right, Wicked, Kiran, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm going to play uh, the brand new version, the Burning Bridges remix of Yahua, which has been a huge success for you and for Rishi and for the label itself. We wish you continued success both as an artist and also Thank as you. a director and founder of Break the Noise Records. Have a wonderful time. Stay safe. Give my love to all the Bombayites out there and all my best wishes. All right. Thanks, Tina. Bye.
0: And for a slightly different flavour, catch a meet chana between 7am and 10am on breakfast at weekends.
10: The UK's biggest
7: Asian
11: mix. Sunrise
7: this is Anila Dami on Sunday.
11: Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us this Sunday. I hope you're all safe and well. It's another programme about the pandemic, the coronavirus and vaccines. And we're dedicating this programme to vaccines after studies show that people from ethnic minorities are less likely to take the vaccine. And it's really important, as you know, as I say every Sunday, this programme has been born out of a need to give our community information during the coronavirus pandemic uh, with studies like that data like that telling us that actually people from ethnic communities are less likely to take the vaccine we decided that let's give you more information on the vaccine let's give you more information on the coronavirus pandemic knowledge is power is the saying but uh, i'd like to add to that saying knowledge is power but only when it's applied and put into practice and well-informed people make well-informed decisions so i'm hoping that you'll be able to make well-informed decisions especially because i know i know that there's a lot of misinformation out there i know that fake news is circulating on WhatsApp messages. I've seen posts on Facebook saying that there are side effects to these vaccines. I can absolutely tell you that the studies have shown that there are mild to zero side effects and that actually these vaccines are very safe. So I'm asking you today to get in touch and tell me why is it that these studies are showing that people from ethnic communities are less likely to take the vaccine. Let me give you some statistics. So there's documents from the government's scientific advisors. A recent poll by the Royal Society of Public Health has suggested over half of black, Asian and minority ethnic people would be happy to have the coronavirus vaccine 57% would take it, compared to 79% of white people. A doctor from the NHS has said it's really important to tell you that there's no meat in the vaccine, there's no pork, it's been accepted and endorsed by all religious leaders and councils and faith communities. You'll have seen in the news, if you've been watching it, that uh, a mosque and imams have backed it. There's a mosque in Birmingham that is actually a hub for vaccines. I think that there's a Hindu temple as well, actually, now. I think it opened this week that's supplying vaccines to. Another study by SAGE, the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, which is the government's scientific advisors, they say vaccine hesitancy is highest in black or black British groups. And the next most hesitant group was Pakistani and Bangladeshi groups 42% unlikely or very unlikely to be vaccinated a study by the 1928 Institute says of British Indians only 56% of respondents would take a COVID-19 vaccine when offered and I know like I said there's fake news circulating disinformation I'd really like to hear from you today to find out why the number to call is 0208 813 8040 and you can message Oh seven nine two five seven hundred two seven two. 07925 272 and as I said this program is dedicated today to ensuring you have as much information as possible. I'm now going to speak to Conservative MP Stephen Hammond, MP for Wimbledon since 2005. Good morning. Hi,
12: good morning to you.
11: Thank you very much for joining us this morning. So I've been speaking about ethnic minorities being less likely to take the vaccine. Can you begin by Addressing this concern within ethnic communities.
12: Yeah, I I think that it obviously it's highest in ethnic communities, but I've seen it in other communities and on other uh, heard about it on other social media groups, and it's usually a rumor which proves to be wholly unfounded and gains ground. And I'm really grateful to all those in the ethnic community groups who stood up and said, uh, "This is this is fake. You need to take the vaccine." And I think the more community leaders do it, and certainly I'm, I keep pushing out the message on my social media that people should take the vaccine. It's safe. You should have it. It's, it's really important that we, we get the vaccine to many, as many people as possible.
11: And... Talking on vaccines, what a debacle on Friday with the EU saying they're going to trigger trigger Article 60 and checks at Northern Ireland's borders for COVID-19 vaccines only to retract it. But of course, Boris Johnson's involved and he had to issue a statement saying he wanted urgent clarification over the EU's intentions. I mean, one fear towards all of this kind of drama these these issues these sticking points is that are the vaccines becoming political and politicized
12: well i think it reflects two, it reflects two three things firstly one uh the dispute between the eu and astrazeneca and neither of us have seen the contracts although what has been leaked out there by or by someone seat looks like you know their astrazeneca are trying to fulfill their contract Secondly, I think it's really all about understanding that politicians want to get as many people vaccinated as possible because that's the way out of this terrible pandemic and reflecting huge anxiety. It also reflects, of course, that the UK made a number of really sensible decisions last year. And, you know, Kate Bingham, who ran the virus task force, but Matt Hancock, who's the health secretary, and Boris Johnson, the prime minister. You know, we should be congratulating them for the far-sighted decisions they took to buy buy vaccines at a time when we didn't know whether it was working at a time we didn't know whether it was going to pass regulation, to give Mm -hmm. us as many options as possible. And I do think that the EU uh, overreacted. I think they uh, seriously uh, overestimated the concerns that their action would take. Uh, And I think that it was wise of them to uh, retract what they suggested. But for the Irish to find out by an official EU statement rather than being told beforehand because of all the ramifications that would have. Mm. I would think there are a lot of people in Brussels uh, looking at themselves and saying, I think the Commission needs to learn about that. But I also hear that across Europe, there's widespread frustration at the the Commission's action, And also, I guess, that they they look at the UK and wonder why uh, the EU didn't make the same decisions to buy as many options of vaccines last year.
11: Mm. And, of course, news reached the White House as well, according to a report in The Telegraph today. You talk about um, Boris Johnson's quick actions when it comes to the vaccine. And, of course, that is definitely uh, one of the things he has acted quickly on. Well,
12: We've got options over 360 million doses, which is, I
11: think, the huge point. Yeah, and one of the highest in Europe. Yeah. But I do, I do want to ask you about the UK death toll reaching over a hundred thousand this week, and of course, it's surpassed, well surpassed that now. How do you feel about Boris Johnson saying we did everything we could and continue doing everything to ensure that we can minimise the loss of life? What do you make of that?
12: Well, uh, let's start by making the uh, oft-repeated but nonetheless heartfelt. Uh, remarks that I make to constituents and to everybody that, you know, the East Summer of Death is a tragedy, uh, and having huge personal grief for so many people and ramifications for so many families, uh, and that, you know, I think not want to start by just recognising the personal uh, toll. Mm. I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anyone is going to say that there weren't uh, some mistakes, delays, errors they um, but I think it's also true that throughout this, the government have tried to act alongside the advice they've been given and in the best interest of everybody. I just and want to I just you know, want to
11: come in here because Boris Johnson didn't attend the first five meetings held on COVID nineteen by the co- by Cobra. He has enforced this hotel quarantining. Just this in the last few weeks or so, the hotel quarantining, the border checks, tougher fines, um, moving schools and universities to online learning until the end of 2020. All these factors have played a part, surely not? Yeah,
12: sure. But if you, you know, so the first thing is that, you know, prime, I mean, I've, I've done cobras, I've, I've attended them about all sorts of things and all sorts of crises. Prime Ministers don't attend every cobra. I think it is true to say that from February onwards, or beginning of March onwards, the Prime Minister has attended every cover there has been. Um, and I think the point you are making is earlier on. I, I, I have just said that I think there was some errors made at the beginning. I think there have been some delays. I think even now the big error not to shut schools in December meant that they could have opened earlier in 2021. I think we'll, you know, we'll reflect that that was where. An increase in transmission was coming from even if it wasn't affecting the children in quite the same way um, no one is saying there aren't errors and, and mistakes what I am saying is that there are things we need to learn, I think the government has learned some of those mm. uh, and I think also <clears throat> that the, all the interests, right or wrong were taken on advice and in the best, uh, what was perceived to be the best interest and I, you know, the other thing is that if we look at countries across Europe, broadly we've all followed the same path Germany had a PPE crisis in April. Spain doesn't, didn't count death numbers in care homes. It was so bad uh, in April, May, June, July. Italy had a health service overwhelmed. So, of course, the UK government made mistakes. This is a, a situation that no one has come across before. Um, but I think it has done a lot right. And I think in particular now we should be looking at the future. It'll be a time to learn all lessons. But the time now is to look at the future and try and make sure we make a huge success of the vaccine rollout.
11: And one final question. Do we know what post lockdown life might look like? We know that Boris Johnson's roadmap will be published on the 22nd of Feb, the week commencing. But do we know if we're going back into tears and what that might look like?
12: We don't. But I think your uh, your listeners and certainly I expect us to go back down from to- in various areas, depending on the level of the infections. I don't think we'll go from lockdown as it is now to no restrictions. I think it's likely we'll go back down through the tiers. I think that will go on as a process probably through the year until we get uh, the next target met and then a tier might come down. The next target is all the over 50s uh, by uh, March. I think then the adult population by by the end of the summer is the sort of target levels the Prime Minister will set out. And at that level, you start to see the tiers come down. It may well be that we have to still look at some form of social distancing for rather longer than any of us would like. But I, So I don't think we'll go from where we are now to nothing. And I think people should be expecting it to go back down through the tiers. But we should, you know, if we all uh, have the vaccine, which is the point you were making right at the start of this, which I absolutely mm. endorse and want everybody to take, we all follow the guidelines now, the quicker we're going to get to go back down through those tiers.
11: MP Stephen Hammond thank you very much for your time this morning
0: thank you tune in every Sunday 10am to 12 noon for neela Dari on Sunday giving the British Asian community a voice on the matters of the day
13: to sunrise radio the uk's biggest asian mix i am amit soda the love doctor my love dilemma this week it's a bit of an interesting one it's a common one a very common common dilemma that i hear so much about as well so this week uh, someone got in touch with me and they said to me right this is the love dilemma they said hi amit i'm looking for my soulmate but Sometimes I find that people are just so fixated on messaging that nothing ever really happens beyond that. They just seem to want to message. Why can't people actually pick up the phone and call anymore and actually go out on dates? What is going on? That is such a good dilemma question. It's something that so many people I know are actually going through right now. This is The Love Lounge, and you're listening to The Love Doctor, Amit Soda. I've got to also say now, welcome to this beautiful singleton, and I've got to try and make sure that they are staying anonymous as well. But I'd like to welcome this lovely person. Their name is Jay, and they are from West London. Hi, Jay. Hi. How you doing? Uh Hi. I'm just uh, enjoying your music. Oh, lovely. Well, this new feature we're starting from this week is called Getting Flirty at 8.30, right? So we are getting flirty at 8.30, ladies and gentlemen. But it's more than that. I would like to help this beautiful soul find love. And who knows, I would love while i'm doing the love lounge here on sunrise to create at least one beautiful sunrise wedding so you never know what may happen but we are getting you on the phone um jay because i want to find out a little bit more about you what you're looking for and to kind of share this information because you never know it might pique the interest of someone out there so i'm going to ask you three very simple questions just to get in little get to know a little bit more about you but before i do those three particular questions would you give everyone just a rough idea of your age and the kind of age of the person you're looking for so don't be specific just give a rough idea
14: um i don't mind any age i think age is just a digit but i want a person to be a
13: good human being okay fair enough absolutely totally understand that and that is the most beautiful answer you could possibly give all right so i would like for you now okay so we're getting flirty at 830 but firstly i would like for you jay to tell me about the kind of person now you kind of briefly said it but i would love to know a little bit more the kind of person who would be your ideal soulmate so maybe tell me about a couple of things that you would like to do together with your soulmate like maybe traveling the world maybe you enjoy movies cooking whatever it is who would be your ideal soulmate
14: i want um, a person who will be very romantic very friendly and will take me outside for like a restaurant to have food and very like To give me nice
13: uh, entertainment, that type of person I'm looking for. That is beautiful. I love that. Thank you so, so much, Jay. That's a really good answer. Okay, so you love going out, but most importantly, you want a good human being that you could just enjoy the simple things in life with. I think that's a good way to summarize it. Would that be right? Yes perfect now let's find out a little bit more about you tell us one fun thing about yourself perhaps you like skydiving perhaps you like eating a very strange kind of dish whatever it might be one fun quirky thing about yourself maybe you can do a good impression of a Bollywood actress I don't care what it is it could be absolutely anything tell us one fun quirky thing about yourself
14: okay once I went to a great Italian restaurant and I for uh, Italian food and they have given me something very long and it was so difficult for me to eat and I was just cutting with a fork and the thing went uh, to another person and that was my horrible day, you know?
13: Oh, (laughs) Oh, bless you. Oh, Wait, can I just check? Are we talking about spaghetti? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just like noodles, you know? Oh, is it like the thick spaghetti, the thick noodles? Yeah, chopsticks, (laughs) chopsticks. (laughs) Oh, bless you. That's so funny. Oh, that's really cool. That's a beautiful story. I love it. I love it. This is what makes us human. This is what makes this fun, right? Uh, And I wanted to ask you as well, what is the best thing about you uh, completely? Like maybe it's that you have a beautiful heart, uh, that you're really funny. What is, what would you say is the best thing about you, Jay? I am a very
14: friendly person, very jovial and I like I'm very fast forward you know like uh, whatever I feel I just speak to the person you know I don't hesitate nothing I'm just a very fast forward person
13: lovely beautiful message beautiful right there we go so we've learned some three incredible things about you jay and we're going to try and help find love for you right we're going to we've calling this flirty 830 and so what i want someone out there to do right now this beautiful soul is in west london her name is jay and if you're someone out there who's perhaps single likes the sound of jay would like to connect you could drop us a whatsapp here on 0795 700 272 or if it's out of hours when i'm not in the studio you could always message the instagram account the sunrise instagram account and just put it for the attention of me the love doctor amit soda and then obviously i will find a way to connect you both how does that sound is that good with you jake wow that's really nice oh absolutely <laughs> i think i think jay is a beautiful soul and deserves a beautiful soul mate and i think we're going to try our best to make it happen yeah let's do it thank you amit thank you so are much. a superstar for just taking part being so brave and being the first person to take part in flirty at eight thirty. They're a little bit nervous, but I'm going to bring them on here. This is my couple this week. Uh, They are called uh, Mala and Harjot. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Hi. Hi. Very good. Very well, thanks. Good. Let's put them at ease first. Okay, listen, whatever happens, uh, Harjot, by the way, I just want to know as well, because I think Harjot's going to be answering the question, like uh, guessing the question. So, Mala, uh, you're not going to be too mean on your husband if he gets them all wrong, are you? (laughs) I'll try, like, make
14: or
13: break tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Make or relationship, make or break time. Tell us a little bit about you guys. You're from Kent. Uh, how long have you guys been together? Because I know you've got a couple of kids there as well. Yeah,
14: we've been married for 16
13: years now. Wow. Okay, cool. And you've got a couple of kids. How old are they and what are their names? Uh, so I've got Rhea, who's 14 and Sahil is 10 so hi Ria and Sahil, hi guys hello, how you doing I'm um, I, kn- uh, th- I know they're listening in though right but I'm guessing they must have school tomorrow so probably going to bed soon, is that right?
2: yeah,
14: That uh, yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh. <laughs> is way past their bedtime
13: <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much uh, Ria and Sahil for sticking around as well because uh, I know you wanted to hear your parents do this, you're probably loving this right? so what's going to happen is I believe Harjo is going to leave the room so that uh, Mala, you're going to answer the questions first. And so he's going to guess <gasps> the answers really? that you've given Okay, are we ready to do this? This is the Couples Challenge here on Sunrise Radio yeah. And uh, we're playing How Well Do You Know Your Partner? Are you guys Uh-oh. ready? As he left? I think so <laughs> He's gone He's gone, right Okay, brilliant So I'm going to ask you very five very simple questions, Mala okay. Just give me your most honest answer And let's see how well your Uh-oh. husband does First question, here we go uh, What's your favourite naughty go-to snack?
10: Um, chocolate, Kit Kat
13: Oh, oh, Kit Kat! Nice. Specific as well. Not just chocolate, but Kit Kat. All right, cool. Love that. Your favorite song or music artist? Build Your Gullah. Ah, so actually we have this song lined up as well for a little bit later. Okay, cool. So he may, let's see if he actually picks up on that because you both were there when you said it. So let's oh, see if he, true. yeah, let's <laughs> see if he gets that. All right, cool. Um, now what's, uh, probably I wanted to say one thing on your bucket list, but probably what's near or near or at the top of your bucket list? I want to go to Australia. <gasps> oh, that's nice. So I but get... He's been there already, but I want to go. I'm no, taking <laughs> about... him again. Oh, brilliant. So this is about you. And just out of curiosity, where in Australia would you like to go or travel all over? I'll travel all over. Perfect. As long as
14: I can have like about two months off, I would love
13: that. Oh, uh, I don't blame you. I think it's a beautiful country <laughs> to travel. Not that I've ever been there, but I've got lots of friends there. <laughs> and uh, I speak to them all the time. And they're always making me jealous with the sunshine there right now. Oh, I know. I know, right? Um, number four. The best holiday that you've both been on together, that you both really enjoyed?
14: Okay, if without the kids, it was Paris. And with the kids was Greece, when we went to Rhodes.
13: Rhodes in Greece, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right, perfect, lovely. I bet they love that as well. Greece, again, is an amazing country. And it last is. but not least... Uh, who is your favourite Which of the two Is your favourite child I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I know, I know no. I'm know. i absolutely Just joking with you Don't worry I, oh I would never Ask you that um, he, he would love That question <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> I'll ask him that as well But I bet It's Sahil right No anyway No what are, <laughs> No, I'm kidding I'm kidding What is your favourite film Hollywood or Bollywood Or otherwise Your favourite
14: movie My favourite Bollywood film
13: Is Manipi all all oh, I love it Oh good choice Though as well, right? You've answered the five questions, and so let's get him back in and put him out of his misery.
14: All right, he's here.
13: All righty, how uh, are you there? I am. All right, so Mala has answered these five questions and ask you the same five questions and give me the answers that you think Mala gave. Correct? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> now I reckon you're going to do well at this. I really do. So <laughs> question number one, I asked Mala what was her favourite naughty snack
12: chocolate uh,
13: it's a specific chocolate i think or just well if you think there was something specific what do you think it would have been
12: chocolate i don't know but and she loves if, all kinds of chocolate
13: and if it was a specific chocolate do what do you think you would say uh her favorite chocolate sorry, all right cool that's no worries we've got your first <laughs> answer uh no shh <laughs> don't give anything away yeah don't give anything what? away mala. Sorry, sorry, all right, sorry, sorry, sorry. that's all right uh <laughs> question number two what do you think mala answered to her favorite song or music artist Anything from Manip One of those songs. Ah, okay, cool. Oh. Interesting. All right. Malash <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Number three. I asked Mala what was one of the things that at the top or very near the top of her bucket list. She
12: comes that whole leg all the
13: time. So Any particular yeah. locations you think you think she might have said? Oh, um, probably Australia, something like that. Cool. No worries. Question four for you. Um, The best holiday destination that you've both been on together? Okay. uh, Just by herself? You tell me. What do you think she might have said? Uh, Okay. Uh, Probably Aruba. 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 Okay, cool. No worries. And last but not least, Marla's favourite film? Manipiak, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> nice, right. Okay, cool. Um, now, how do you think you did? Mm, I don't know, from time to it's probably not that well. No, listen. I can't believe you. I think I think you did better than you think you like you think you did. Uh, so I'm just towing up the scores. Well, hold on a minute, this is really complex math for me right now. I struggle with this. <laughs> hold on. Let me just let me just one. Hmm, hmm. right, okay, cool. I've got to do my. I've got to, You know when you count on your fingers? No, I'm only getting <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Yeah. going to be, do a bit of a drum roll. I've got a very very low production budget, so I have to do it by my hands. <laughs> <laughs> to put you out of your misery, hard You scored three out of five. Well done. Oh. Man well done no that's good the thing is though as well because some of these are quite open questions but let me just tell you right what she said favorite naughty snack kit kat bang on you got it right <laughs> favorite song or music artist you said uh but actually she said a specific song which was the one you both said earlier oh, <laughs> so right. that's coming up <laughs> that's coming up very shortly uh bucket list you said australia bang on the money as well best holiday destination you said aruba but she was like paris with no kids greece roads with the kids so that was her two favorites there I think she gets spoiled too much. She, <laughs> yeah. she does. She does oh, mate. Come
14: on, I deserve
13: it. I totally deserve it. <laughs> oh bless! No, no, you do. You do. absolutely do. And last but not least, you got you smashed it. Of course, Minipiakia. you got it absolutely on the nose. I think you know what? Sixteen years. Considering like you when you when you're this familiar with the person, it's easy to forget. Like when me and my wife played this, like we were just so nervous, and we got like three or four out of five. Um, so uh, I think congratulations, to you, but that was actually really well. Thank done you. now Thank you know you. before we go i just want to say you were both so nervous before you came on how are you feeling I'm right now pretty cool pretty chill <laughs> didn't i say that though didn't i say after a couple of minutes you'll be you just did. like yeah well what the hell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing no big you deal <laughs> you guys are absolute superstars <laughs> almost coming up to the end of the show actually going to squeeze in a couple more songs of course before we finish and of course my answer to the love dilemma which happened to be earlier which was regarding uh which came in from someone firstly actually about how to deal with uh the, the whole kind of notion of texting in this day and age because everyone seems to be wanting to just text when they are dating or on dating apps or on dating websites whatever and uh, my answer to this as well to the love dilemma this week to the individual that sent in the message is very simple that i say to anyone out there who's dating you know what you do not have to put up with things like that what I say to people is send a message to someone if all they can do is text you send them a message saying to them listen I really appreciate you getting in touch but I'm not looking for an online pen pal. I'm looking for someone to genuinely connect with so you know what if you'd like to speak on the phone I'd be more than happy to give you my number so we can have a real conversation which is so rare in this day and age send an answer like that send people a message like that that would really get people uh thinking twice about the fact that they just keep on messaging and become online pen pals so make sure you do something like that let people know that you're not in this to have another online pen pal you're genuinely looking to meet someone
0: catch our love guru amit soda between 7 p.m and 10 p.m every sunday for that chill out zone